Can we give him one more big hand? Good job, you guys. Awesome, awesome work. Very cool. Well, hey, if you are a part of our kids' ministry, you guys can go head back to all of your kids' classrooms right now. It's fun having you guys in here. I was, I got to be honest, I was slightly nervous about lighting this bush on fire, but uh, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I, I tell you, I'm proud of our, our staff. We have an incredible staff, and I'm grateful for just the time and the effort creativity and energy that they put into our services here. But uh, it's great to be with you guys this morning. We're going to have a fun time uh, today. Uh, I have a few things I want to share with you before we get into our message. Uh, The first one is I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who came out yesterday to be a part of our fall workday. We had almost 50 people show up, and uh, and it was great. You know, we had not only did we get a lot of work done and and really kind of make the, the church look a lot better, um, we had fun doing it. it. It really was a good time, and so I just wanted to say thank you to, to everybody that came out. There was any number of things you guys could have spent time doing yesterday, but you came out here, and, uh, and we're working hard, and um, just want to tell you thank you for taking pride in your church building, and uh, we're very, very thankful for you spending some time with us. Um, I also wanted to share with you about this coming Saturday. Uh, Halloween is this coming Saturday, and as we've kind of talked to you about over the last number of weeks, uh, we're not going to be doing Trunk or Treat as we've normally done it before, but one of the things that we are going to do is, is Halloween at the Hills. Um, we're, we've been uh, talking with the property manager over at Miami Hills, and so we're going to go over there this Saturday and have just kind of a Halloween party with them. Now, the city of South Bend finally told us when trick-or-treating is going to be this week. They Instead of being 5 to 7, it's going to be from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock this Saturday. So the time we told you last week is actually going to be bumped back an hour. So we're going to be over there from, excuse me, 1 o'clock to 2.30. And we're going to have some games. We're going to have some treats and crafts and just just a fun way of just letting our Miami Hills family know that that we love them, that we care for them, that we are here for them. Uh, and, and so what we're, what we're doing is we're looking for Again, 10 to 12 adults who are willing to volunteer and come on out and just be a blessing to the families and the residents over at Miami Hills. And so if, if you want to be a part of this, if you're at all interested, I need you to sign up for us so that we know that you're coming because we're limiting the number of people that can come on out there. So just go to our website, livingstones.events slash signups, and you can sign up. Let us know that you are interested. We'll share with you all the details um, but really, it's just going to be a, a fun afternoon. And, and if, you, if you can't come or you're, you're not going to, we want to encourage you to be just a great neighbor to the kids and the families in your neighborhood and your community. So I'd encourage you to turn, turn your light on and, and just be, be a blessing. Just be uh, just a, a smile and a handshake. And um, don't give away pennies or toothbrushes or anything like that. But like, let, let the kids know that you love them and um, just be a, a blessing to those in your community. And the final announcement I have for you is uh, I shared with you last Sunday that we're going to be doing baptisms in the month of November. And so if you've never been baptized before or maybe you have some questions about baptism, uh, maybe why do we do it, what's the reason behind being dunked underwater, who should be baptized, any of those types of things, I would love to be able to share more with you about that. And so, um, again, just go to our, our website, livingstones.event slash signups. You can sign up, get more information. I'd be more than happy to explain all of it to you. And, uh, and we look forward to just being able to celebrate with uh, some members of our church family as they uh, just celebrate what Jesus has done 
inside their lives. And, and I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. So with that, we're going to uh, take up our, our morning tithes and offerings. Obviously, we're doing it differently now than ha- as we've done it in the past. Um, but again, we're, you can give online. You can give through our church app. You can give here in person. We have envelopes inside the bulletins and envelopes at the boxes at the back of the room. Um, but again, just want to thank you for allowing us to do ministry. Uh, like you, your your giving allows us to to do things like uh, minister to the folks at Miami Hills to make our property look nice, all that kind of thing. So we just want to thank you for that. So let's pray, and then we will get into our message this morning. And Father, we thank you, God, for being here with us today. Thank you, God, for creativity. Thank you for our kids and 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 just the time and effort that every single one of us in this church, Lord, we've all been called to make a difference in the lives of this next generation. And so, Lord, we just want to thank you. God, for just for that opportunity, for trusting us with your most precious possession with these kids, Lord. And, and so, God, I, just as we pour into them, Lord, God, we also just want to be pouring into, to, into the adults in this room today, Lord, that as, uh, as we share some of these uh, Old Testament Bible stories, these flannel graph stories that, that many of us have heard, God, we want to hear from you as well, Lord. And so, God, we just ask that you would just open our hearts and our minds to hear from you today. Lord, we're grateful for you. And just pray your presence to be here in this room with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today is our final day of our Flannel Graph Faith series. And I tell you, like, I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's been, it's been a fun time just, you know, taking some of these very familiar stories um, that, that are familiar to, to an awful lot of us, applying them to, to our kids, but also just finding some, some application in, in our lives as well. And so, we, you know, we've talked about some of the most, most well-known Old Testament Bible stories. We talked about the story of Jonah. We talked about Daniel in the lion's den. Last Sunday, we talked about David and Goliath. Well, today we're talking about Moses and the, and the burning bush. And, and so I'm, I'm not going to recap everything. Angie did a great job just kind of setting up the story of Moses and the burning bush. But the, the Israelites, they had been in Egypt for 400 years. They had been slaves to the Egyptians. And God finally was raising up a leader who was going to lead them out of their, of their enslavement in, in Egypt and lead them to the promised land where they could worship God freely. And, and as, as the story was told, you know, Moses, that he saw an Egyptian beating one of the fellow Hebrews, he killed the man and ended up running away to Midian. And there he was in Midian for a number of years. He found a wife there, um, got, got married, and start, he started to work for his father-in-law. He started taking care of his his father-in-law's sheep. Uh, for some reason, there's a common theme here with God using shepherds. Uh, we talked last Sunday about God using David, and he was a, a shepherd as well. And that God really kind of appears to, to Moses and says, Moses, I've got a special assignment for you. I've got something I need your help with. And, and, and God speaks to Moses in the, in the oddest of ways, in the most out of, out of places. that He's just out there tending his father's sheep, and all of a sudden he sees this bush that is burning, but it's not being consumed. And he thought, well, that's really strange. He goes over to, to check it out to see what's happening, and that's where God goes to, to speak to Moses. And, and what's so interesting and unique about this is that when God comes and speaks to Moses, Moses isn't asking anything of God. He, he's, not, he's just kind of walking by, he's minding his own business, and he sees this odd sight and he goes to, to check it out, and, and that's where God speaks to him. Now, Moses, again, he wasn't seeking or asking anything of God when God began to speak to him. 
He wasn't asking for direction for his life. He wasn't wondering what decision to make. He wasn't wondering who he should marry or what college he should go to or, or what job he should take. He was just kind of out there minding his own business when God begins to speak to him. God comes knocking at, at his door. Now, I, I don't know about you. I've never had an experience like Moses did where I, I've heard God speaking to me in, in an audible voice. I've, I've never had that happen in my life. I, there's tons of times I wish that was the case. I'm sure we all do, you know, where we just say, God, I, I just would love to know what do you want me to do right now? Would you just make it completely clear for me? But most of the time, that's not the way that God speaks to us. Most of the time, that's not how God chooses to communicate with his people. Now, there are some people out there that say, you know, God is speaking to them all the time. Well, God told me this, or God said this, and, 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 and that's great. I'm, I'm sure that, that that's, their, that's the case for them. That's their experience. I'm just telling you from my perspective, from my experience, that's not usually how God speaks to me. That's not usually how I sense God trying to communicate with me, that he's speaking to me in some kind of audible ways. Now, now admittedly, this, this topic of God speaking to us can be a little bit of a tricky subject. It can be a little bit of a tricky because good and faithful believers, good and faithful followers of Jesus, have a, have a wide range of opinions about how God speaks to us, how he communicates to us, or even if he even does a, anymore. And, and I'm sure, again, most of us at one time or another, we've We've wanted to hear from God. We, we've wanted to, to know. Maybe we need wisdom for a big decision that's coming up in our life, and we just need some guidance or direction. Maybe we're, we've just been really down, and we just need some encouragement. We, we need to say, God, God, I need, you to, I need to know, are you still even there? Are, are you here with me? Like, I, I just, I need to know that you are here. I need some kind of assurance, reassurance or some kind of guidance in, in my life. Now, I believe that the topic of God communicating with us today does not have to be a weird one. It does not have to be a divisive one at all. It's one that we can approach. It's one that we can talk about uh, with, with balance. And personally, like, yeah, I believe that God still does speak to us today. I believe God communicates to us in, in many kinds of different ways, and we're, we'll talk about that a little bit this morning. But he's, he's a father. He loves his children, and he wants the best for them. And I, and I believe that God does try to communicate with us today. And, and there's tons of scriptures that talk about that same thing. In, in the book of James, in James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, he writes, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, and who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Like James is saying, hey, like, if you need to know what to do, if you need help, if you need wisdom, ask God. And he gives it abundantly. He'll, he'll give you the wisdom that you're asking for. Jesus talked about hearing God's voice. In John chapter 10, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And so, like, God, God does speak to us. We, we can ask God questions. We can ask God for direction. We can ask him for wisdom. We can ask him for discernment, and we can ask him for help. And God does respond. God, God does respond to us. Now, now, we don't need to be asking God, like, what color shirt we should wear in the morning or what flavor yogurt in our, in our lunch, those, those types of things. But I do think we should be asking. We should be listening. We should, wanted, we should desire to hear, what is it that God wants to say to me? 
What does God want me to hear in this moment? And, and there's no one-size-fits-all method for us to be able to hear the voice of God. There, 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 isn't, um, there isn't one way that God always communicates. Sometimes God communicates through a burning bush. Sometimes He communicates with us through a still, small voice, a handwriting on the wall. Sometimes He communicates with us through, through His Word, through, through the Bible. Sometimes he, he, oftentimes He'll speak to us through, through an impression or maybe a piece that we have in our hearts. Sometimes God speaks to us through the words of others. That God, God does communicate with us. And, and so what I can't do this morning, I can't give you a foolproof method that if you do these steps, well, then you're automatically going to be able to hear the voice of God. But I do believe there are some principles. I do believe there are some, some principles that we can follow that help position us to be able to hear from God. And so that's what I, that's what I would like to share with you this morning. So, so in light of, of that, there's in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, there's a passage that I think really kind of illustrates some of those principles for us about how we can hear the voice of God. How do, how do we hear God trying to communicate to us today? Now, Habakkuk is, is one of the books in the Old Testament that, that is typically called one of the minor prophets. Now, the minor prophets aren't minor because they were insignificant or because they weren't important. The, they're called the minor prophets just because those books are much shorter than, say, the book of Isaiah or Jeremiah or Daniel or, or one of those. And so where I want to begin is in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read these first two verses, and we're going to come back to them several times. And so Habakkuk, he says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait and see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to, said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Now, the book of Habakkuk is actually very unique. It's very unique because most of the time, when a prophet, when a prophet was in communication with God, the prophet would hear God's message, and then he would go and tell the people what it is that God wants them to know. That's often, most of the time, that's how the prophets operated. But Habakkuk is actually a little bit different. Instead of Habakkuk hearing from God and telling the people, Habakkuk actually hears from the people, and he actually goes to God. And he kind of shares his complaints. He, he kind of lets God have it. If you read chapter 1 of Habakkuk, he's kind of letting God know all the ways that he thinks God is letting them down. All the things that God is not doing that he thinks they, that God should be doing. So Habakkuk chapter 1 begins with, Kind of him just listening off, God, what's the deal? You're not doing this. You're not doing this. Why is this happening? I don't understand. And, and then he kind of lets God have it. He, he gives God his complaint. And then he waits for God's response. He waits to hear what, what God wants to say back to him. And, and I believe these first two verses in chapter 2 really kind of give us some of those principles for how we today in 21st century America can still hear the voice of God in our lives here. And so I, I have five kind of main principles that I think help us to be able to hear from God. And so the first one, of how, the first principle for how we can hear the voice of God is that we have to be willing to withdraw. We have to withdraw. Now, the, the first thing that Habakkuk does in, in Habakkuk 2.1 says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. The, the very first thing that Habakkuk does when, when he wants to hear from God, 
he withdraws from everybody and everything else. Going, going to his watchtower is kind of a, a Hebrew expression for getting alone. And he said, all right, I'm, I'm withdrawing. I'm, I'm getting away from everybody. I'm getting away from everything. I'm trying to shut out all the noise that's going on in my life right now because I want to hear. God, I want to hear what it is that you have to say. And, and, and I'll tell you this, like we'll never be able to hear the voice of God if we're always surrounded by the noise of life. It's, it's, just, it's just what it is. And, and, and the, the noise, all the, the, the busyness, and all that that takes place in our lives is, is one of the, the biggest issues in our society today, that life is constantly too loud, too busy. We're surrounded by too many distractions all the time. In fact, Corrie ten Boom, she said this once. She said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And I've always loved that phrase because we're surrounded by things that constantly keep us busy, things that constantly distract us and take us away from, from actually being able to hear what God might be trying to, to say to us. And in fact, distraction is such an issue in our lives that oftentimes we've grown accustomed to the constant daily bombardment, day and night, of everybody and everything vying for our attention. Like, and it really is. It's this daily onslaught, no matter where you are. Whether you're on the web, whether you're listening to, to the radio, you're, you're watching TV, like there, there's just a constant bombardment in our lives of people and things vying for our, for our attention. And it's become such an issue that oftentimes being quiet, oftentimes withdrawing, can feel very uncomfortable. It, it, can, it can feel very uncomfortable. Sometimes... Sometimes we use the noise of life to cover up some of those things in life that we would just rather not deal with, that we would rather not think about. And, and when we quiet ourselves down, when we do withdraw from people, from media, from things, sometimes we're forced to confront some of those things that we'd rather kind of cover over, that we'd rather hide away. When, when, I went, when I went on the backpacking trip at the beginning of September, like that, that was the goal of, of this trip is I wanted to completely withdraw. And, and it was beautiful. Where we went hiking in Wyoming, there was no cell phone service. There was no emails, no texts, no, no nothing. And it was great just to be completely alone, be completely withdrawn. In fact, I didn't even bring my earbuds with me. Like I, I was debating, all right, do I bring my earbuds? To, you know, do I want to listen to worship music as we're hiking and all this? And in fact, I, I decided, no, I'm going to leave those at home. I, I wanted to be able to completely check out, completely withdraw, withdraw from all the distractions, even the distractions of good things in our life, like, like being able to, to have this worship music. And, and, and so if we want to be able to hear what God wants to say, what He wants to communicate to us, withdrawal is, is something that every one of us has to be purposeful in doing. It, the, the Gospels talk about Jesus withdrawing from the crowds and withdrawing from the masses multiple times. That the people that, that he loved being around, the people that he adored, the people that needed him, he still knew that there were times that he had to withdraw. He had to go to a solitary place by himself so that he could connect with God. And so for, for each of us, withdrawal, withdrawing can look a little bit different. It can look a little bit different. For, for some of us, it might just be getting up 20 minutes earlier than everybody else in the house and just having some quiet on the couch or in the living room or having a cup of coffee before the chaos of the day begins. For some of us, it, it could be on, on our commute, on our drive to work, instead of playing music or instead of listening to a podcast of just being okay with silence in the car. 
Or it could, it could be something as simple as going for a walk or sitting on the porch. But, but being able to find a place where we don't have the, the TV on, where we don't have our phone you know, in our hand, where we can just be alone, where we can withdraw from, from all the things. I think that's the, the first thing that Habakkuk does is he kind of withdrew from everything else so that he could hear from God. And until we get comfortable with silence... We're not going to be able to hear the voice of God until we get comfortable being quiet and withdrawing. We're going to miss out. We're we're not going to hear the voice of God. Now, the second kind of principle that I think Habakkuk shows us about how we can hear God's voice is that we need to be willing to wait. Not only do we need to withdraw, but we need to be willing to wait as well. Habakkuk 2.1, it says, I will climb up to my watchtower. I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait. There I will wait. And this is another principle of hearing God, that we live, not only do we live just in a, in a world that's just filled with noise, we're filled, we're, we live in a world that's just at such a rapid pace. Everything is, we, we, like, it feels like everything in life is constantly being done in, in a hurry. Uh, and, and, like, <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing about hurry, the thing about being in a rush is, we never actually get anywhere that much faster. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, like, I find this for myself often. Like, if I'm running late and I'm really trying to hurry somewhere, it doesn't feel like you hit every red light along the way. Or the times where you've been in such a rush that you tr- hurried to get out of the house. This happened to me, like, two weeks ago. I was hurrying to get out of the house, drove all the way up here to, to the church, and realized I left my laptop back at home because I was in such a rush to, to get out. And so I ended up wasting more time having to go back home and and all this, but, but hurry, hurrying and being in a rush is one of the things that inhibits us often about hearing from God, that we need to be willing to wait. De- I don't know if, if you guys are familiar at all with Dallas Willard, but Dallas Willard's a, a hero of mine. I, I just, I love his, his writing, I love his speaking, and, and he, he passed away a few years ago, but he wrote a, a topic that if you want to know more about what we're talking about this morning, about hearing God, he actually wrote a book called Hearing God. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic book just about principles uh, about hearing God and, and really why do we do it? What are some of the pitfalls that we can watch out for? But, but uh, Dallas actually said something really, really unique that, that has always stuck with me since the first time I ever heard it. And he says, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. We must do everything possible to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. I, I just, I love that phrase, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Like, we need to be okay with waiting, with not having an immediate answer, an immediate response. But that flies in the face of so much of just our, our culture and everything that we do today. Like, we get irritated if we have to wait too long at the doctor's office, we have to wait too long at the, the fast food drive through lane. But we need to be willing to be okay with waiting, okay to not be in a rush, being able to, to kind of calm our, our bodies and our minds and our emotions down. Psalm 46.10 says to be still. Just be still and know that I am God. Like Pat's paraphrase of that would be sit down and shut up. Like, like I, I think in some ways that's what God is. Just, just be still. You don't, you don't have to be in a rush. You don't have to be in a hurry. Just be still and know that I'm God. Waiting is an integral part of us being able to hear God. 
The, the third kind of principle that I see in Habakkuk 2 about how we can hear God's voice is that we need to be willing to read the Word of God. To read the Word of God. It, it, Habakkuk 2.1, I'll climb my watchtower, stand on my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. To see what the Lord says and how He will answer my complaint. I, I find it unique that Habakkuk doesn't say that he's going to hear what the Lord says. He says, I'm going to see what the Lord says. And, and one of the key ways that God speaks to us, one of the key ways that God communicates with us is through the Bible, is through His Word. And we need to be willing to, to look. We need to be willing to, to look and invest, investigate and, and to see. Because there's times that God doesn't need to speak to us directly because He's already spoken about that subject. He's already said what He needs to say about what it is that, that we're wondering about. I Kind of a funny story. Pastor Brian Houston tells a story about his early days of his church. There was a, a guy that that came to his church and fessed up about an affair that he was having, and he's speaking to to Pastor Brian Houston about this, and, and he, he he and he said, you know what? It's it's okay, it's okay what I did because I prayed about it and God told me it was all right. God told me it was all right. Now, now let me tell you this. God's never going to tell you something. God's never going to communicate something that contradicts what He's already said in His Word. It just won't happen. God, God's not going to contradict Himself. He's not going to tell you to do something that's opposed to what He's already made clear. I don't, I don't need to pray about whether or not I should forgive somebody. I don't need to pray about whether or not to be generous. I, I don't need to pray about whether or not to tell the truth. God has already made that abundantly clear. He's already spoken that in his word. So, so there's times where maybe we're asking God to speak to us, and he's like, I, I've already said it. Like, be willing to, to dive in, to take a look, to hear what it is that, that I have said. And not only that, not only do we need to be willing to take the time to investigate and hear what it is that God might be wanting to say to us through his word, but we also need to be willing to spend that time in his word. Spend that time getting to know him. Because the more time you spend with somebody, the more you get to know who they are. The more you get to know their heart and their character. The more you get to understand the way that they think. I don't, I don't know if anybody in here, are, are you guys euchre players or ever play spades or anything? Like, yeah, if you've, if you've played with somebody, a partner game like that, and you play with that same partner over and over again, you start to get an understanding of how they think. You start to get an understanding of how they play. The more time that you spend with them, the more time that, that you uh, get, to, get to know, you know, kind of like, all right, when they're, when they're making this call, I generally know what they might be holding in their hand. Like, I, I know what, if, if you play this card, I think I know what you're wanting me to do in this moment. That, that when, we, when you spend time with a partner, when you spend time playing a game like that with somebody, you get, an, you get a feel for where they are, for what they're thinking, even if they never have to say anything to you about it. Like, I, I'm sure we all remember, like, when we were young, when we were kids, when your mom would give you that look, and she didn't have to say a word. She didn't have to say a thing. You knew immediately what she was saying just by the look that she gave, just because you knew your mom. You knew what she was thinking without her ever having to utter a word, and, and it can be like that with God as well. The more time we, we spend with God, the more time we spend 
in his word, the more time we spend reading our Bibles and connecting with him, he'll begin to speak to and communicate to us without ever having to say a word. Because we start to get to know the character. We start to get to know the heart of God, that he can communicate things to us. We, we know what he would say about this given situation. We know what he would say about this given thing because I know his character. I've, I've, I've gotten to know him so well that this is what his response would be in this moment. When, when we get closer to him and know him more, we're going to know what he means. We're going to know what God thinks without him ever having to verbally say it to us. I, I, I'm hoping that that makes sense to everybody. The, the fourth kind of principle about hearing God's voice from Habakkuk 2 is that we need to be willing to write. We withdraw, we wait, we read the Word of God, and then we write. We write. Habakkuk 2.2 2 says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. God is saying, I want you to write down the insights that I give you. I want you to write down those things. I don't know how many of you in this room are journalers at all, but I'll tell you, like, this is a habit that I would highly recommend. I would highly recommend to everybody, write down the things that God shares with you. Write down your questions. Write, write out your, like there's nothing wrong with writing out your prayers, writing out the things that, that God, I want to know about this. God, I'm struggling with this. I'm wrestling. I need to know about this. Write those things down. And also, when you feel like God maybe does put something on your heart, when God does share something with you, be willing to write that down as well. Because there, there are kind of two main reasons. First of all, like when, when you write something down, you're far more likely to remember it. I mean, and, and studies prove this out. I mean, teachers, principals, administrators, like we all, we all get this. When you write something down, you're just that much more likely to remember what it was that, that was said. And, and so, I, like, I, I would encourage you, you can take notes on our LSE app. You can do it on, on the back of our, our bulletins. Or you can just write, write down your own, your own notes as well in, in a notebook. But when you write things down, you remember them that much more. But secondly, there's something that happens when you put pen to paper or you put finger to keyboard, whatever it is that you do, because it starts to become personal. Like you, you start to own it when, you're, when it's not just, oh, I'm just thinking these thoughts, but when you actually begin to write them down, you start to own those things. It starts to become real personal for you. I, I, just, and this is kind of a total side note about writing but something that I felt like somebody here needed to, to hear this morning. A, a mentor, a friend of mine, said this to me a number of years ago, and I, I've put this into practice several times in my life. But he said one of the things, like when he feels stuck in his relationship with God, sometimes when he feels stale or when he feels down or discouraged or he, or he needs some kind of encouragement from God, he'll write himself a letter from God. He'll write himself a letter from God. And I, and I love this. I've, I've done this several times in my life where you write a letter to yourself from God's perspective. What, what is it, what was it that, what would God tell me in this moment? What is it that God would want me to hear? What would he want me to know right now in this moment? And, be willing, and, and write those down. And when, when, you know, when we talked just a few minutes ago about hear, knowing the heart of God, we can start to articulate the heart of God to ourselves. 
I don't, I don't mean this sound like a, a weird, you know, a weird exercise, but when you can write yourself a letter, what is it that God would say to me? What would God say to me in, in this moment? Like that, that is, that is a, a key way that oftentimes we can hear the heart of God, that we can put ourselves, I don't want to say we're putting ourselves in God's shoes, but when we know the heart of God, when we know what it is that he might be wanting to say to us, we can articulate that back to us, back to ourselves. We really can get some incredible insights about writing those things down. And the final thing, the final kind of principle for hearing God's voice, we talked about withdrawing, we talked about waiting, reading the Word of God, we talked about writing, and the final one would be to review. To review. One, one of the things that we have to do, like if, if we feel like God is, has impressed something on our hearts, if, if we feel like God is, has spoken something to us, to review and to test the things that God might be speaking to us. And, and the, this last portion here, I got from Pastor Rick Warren, and so I, I claim no credit for this, but it's, it's really, really good. He talks about how do we test, how do we review the things that God speaks to us so that we know we're not completely out in, in left field. And so the, the first one he says, does, is, what a, is what I'm hearing, is what God's saying to me, does it line up with Scripture? We already kind of talked about that just a moment ago, that God's never going to contradict himself. He's never going to tell us to do something that's against what his word says. The second kind of way that we can test what it is that God is saying to us is, does it draw me closer to Jesus? Is what, is what God is, is impressing on my heart, is it drawing me closer to Jesus, or is it going to take me further away from him? The third, the third question he, Rick Warren said is, does my church confirm this? Does my church confirm this? Or put another way, do I have God, godly counsel in my life who will confirm this for us? Do, do I have other people that would say, yeah, I, I think this is what God is saying? Like, for instance, like if, if you kind of felt like you were supposed to marry James, but every godly person around you say, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. If you're the only one that thinks it is a good idea, I would highly think about that. I wouldn't just jump in. If you have godly people, godly counsel around you that are all advising you against it, say, all right, do, do those around me who love me, who care for me, who's, whose opinions I value, does, do, do they confirm what it is I feel like God has put on my heart? And I'll tell you, like myself, our elders, our staff, you know, any, any other kind of like godly example in your life, be willing to talk to them. Be willing to say, you know what, I feel like God is stirring my heart about this. What, what, do, you, what do you think? The, the fourth kind of check or review, Rick Warren said, is, is it consistent with how God shaped me? Is this consistent with how God shaped me? Like if, if, you're, if you're completely tone deaf, you're like myself, you're not called to be a singer. Like we, we've all seen enough episodes and uh, tryouts of American Idol to know that like there are some people that just aren't good at it. There's some people that it's just not their thing. And, and so God made you. He created you. He's not going to ask you to do something that you hate. However, there are going to be times that God asks you to do things that might feel uncomfortable, that might be a big stretch for you, and that's okay. But he's not going to call you to do something that you completely despise that you hate, that God's going to, the things that God speaks to you are going to be consistent with how he created you. And then lastly, is what it is that God is sharing with me, is what he put on my heart, is it convicting or is it condemning? 
Is it convicting or condemning? When, when God corrects us about something, he'll always do it in a loving manner. That, that's how God corrects us. He does it in, in a loving manner. Conviction talks about our action or our behavior. Condemnation talks about us as a person. I'm just a failure. I'm just no good. If you're hearing those things, I guarantee you that's not, that's not God speaking to you there. If God's speaking about an action or a behavior or, or something like that, that's different. But when, he start, when you start feeling condemned, that's not God. God convicts, but he never, he'll never condemn. And so as we kind of close out our, our time this morning, I have one final thought just kind of about this, about us hearing from God, about God communicating with us and how, and how we can do it. Now, obviously, there's, there's no way to, to do this subject justice in 30 or 35 minutes on a Sunday morning. But, but there, there's a lot of resource, and I'd love to have further conversations with you if you have questions about this. But there's oftentimes, like, we can all feel in our life, and I'm sure we've all been there at one point or another, where we feel just like, all right, God, are you even there at all? Like, I feel like I'm not hearing anything, I'm not sensing anything from you at all. Like, God, God are, are, you, are you even there? Do you, do you even speak to us anymore at all? Like, have you just gone completely away. I don't, you know, there's times we've all said, you know, I don't hear God, I don't feel him. And, and, and I pray and I feel like I'm just not getting any kind of response. I'm not getting any kind of like peace in my heart. There, there's, there's nothing. And, and I just don't know what to do that. And, and if we're all honest here, we've all felt that way before. Like your pastor's felt that way more times than I care to admit. Like there's times where you just feel like, God, what, what's up? I, I just... I'm just, I, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I'm not hearing anything from you right now. And what I want to, just kind of the final thought I want to share with everybody is this, that just because we're not, just because we're not hearing God doesn't mean that he's not speaking. Just because we might not be hearing what he's saying in the moment doesn't mean that he's not speaking to us. You can think of it like TV or radio waves or even like a Wi-Fi signal. Like there's, they surround us all the time. There, there's TV waves and radio waves and why, like right now in this room, there's Wi-Fi signals just bombarding all around. But unless you're connected to it, unless you're, unless you're dialed in, unless you're properly tuned to it, we're not going to be able to pick up that signal. We're not going to be able to know what it is that, that's being said. Are, are, are there things in our life that are causing interference? Are, you know, like we, we've all driven through like dead zones where you're on the phone and you drive through this dead zone and the calls drop, you know, there. Like, are, are there things in our lives that are causing interference that are preventing us from truly hearing, hearing God? Like, is there, is there a sin issue in my life that maybe I need to deal with or take care of that's preventing me from hearing God? Are, are, am I having doubts? Am I like, God, are you really even going to, like, share this with me? Are you really going to speak to me at all? Have, have we already made up our mind about the decision that we're asking about and we're just waiting for God to just kind of agree with what we've already decided in our, in our heart to do? Or are we just plain too busy? Have we, are we just not taking the time to actually listen? Like, I, I want you to hear, like, God loves you. He cares for you. He cares about everything in your life. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows all of your thoughts and every detail about your life. That God does want to communicate to us. He does want to share with us. He wants us to be in communion with Him. Communication 
is a huge part of any relationship. And then that includes our relationship with God, not just us telling God what we think, God, this is what we need, but actually making time in our prayer life to, to be quiet and say, all right, God, I, I've, I've shared with you what's on my heart. God, I'm quieting myself down. I want to hear what's on your heart. I want to hear what it is that you have to say to me. And so as, as a church, let's, let's seek God together. We, we need his wisdom. Like I, every one of us, we need his wisdom. We need his insight. We need his, his, his direction for our lives. We need it for us as a church, for us as families, at your place of work. Let's be willing to, to withdraw, to wait, to read, to write, and then to review. What is it that God, what is it you want to share with me? So if you would just bow your heads, let me pray for us this morning. And Father, we, we love you and we thank you, God, so much for being here with us today. Thank you, God, that you are God who still reaches out. You still communicate to us. God, that you, you haven't just left us here by ourselves to, to kind of make our own way. And God, that you have given us the ability to not just talk to you, not just share with you, but Lord, to hear back. Lord, that, that's my desire for us as a church, Lord, that, that we, wouldn't just be, we wouldn't just be talking. It wouldn't just be one-way communication that we have with you. But Lord, that our hearts and our ears would be open to hear from you. God, that it doesn't have to be weird or, or spooky or freaky, Lord. God, that you would just speak to us, whether it be through, through your word, through peace in our hearts, through impressions, through the words of somebody else. But God, that we would be open to hear from you. God, I, I pray that you would just open our hearts to hear from you, Lord. And God, that as we seek to move forward together as, as, as a church, as individuals, as families, Lord, God, that we would know your heart. Know your wisdom, that you would just give it to us abundantly like James said. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.